Uh, well, now that the lockdown has uh, eased a little, uh, I think often these times, it, when you're going through something, it can be quite hard to think about uh, what's going on. You know, we're just focusing on surviving, focusing on the next thing, or whatever it may be. Uh, but I think something that when things come to come to an end, um, sometimes you just like to take stock, don't you? And um, that's what I, I wanted to do really in this. Uh, in this week is just as we're beginning to return to normal or the new normal as people keep saying uh, just to take stock of what's been happening over the last few months and thinking about where we are as a church where we are as a nation Uh, one of the things I think about the lockdown that's been um, fascinating to me is just how revealing it's been of of the truth of the state of where we are uh, because I think that the, the lockdown has revealed things which might have remained hidden if, if we hadn't have, have had it. Uh, one of the things, for example, that I, I found interesting is the way that people, a lot of people, seem to have been terrified of, of dying. And, uh, of course, we suspected that, that before, uh, didn't we? But the way that this kind of fear seems to have gripped uh, the nation in, in many ways. And, of course, it's, it's right to be worried about things. But you know, not, not sort of terrified that there's no attitude of kind of, as you know, Paul put it, to live as Christ and to die as gain. People have got no hope of, of eternal life. And so people are, are terrified of, of, of dying. Uh, I think, you know, the fact that the government um, decided to, to close the churches. And in fact, um, sadly, the, um, the church, the bishops... Archbishop of Canterbury were very, very happy for the churches to be to be closed, and you know that um, I think that says a lot about where we are as a nation as well and what we value. Do you notice, um, you know, when Boris Johnson was in hospital, he was in the ICU for um, you know for the coronavirus, and he he was um, quite badly ill, uh, but then he came out of hospital and he did his live address to the to the nation. And um, did you notice he gave thanks to all of the staff who looked after him, and he gave thanks to the NHS, which is obviously good things to give thanks for. No mention of God at all. And in fact, if you uh, have been you know, watching any of the things that the polit- pol- uh, politicians have said, all of those things, very little mention of God, if any. And the church is almost like an afterthought oh, well, we've got, to, we've got to try and keep the church happy because we have, sort of have an established church, I suppose, so we'd better try and keep them happy. But really, people, it's an afterthought. And um, it's revealing, isn't it? It's revealing of where we are as a nation, what we value, what the government values, what people um, value. And I think that the church is actually, a lot of the things that have, have happened have actually, I think, Showed that you know the, the, the government and the, the church are not not just kind of ambivalent towards the church, but in some ways actually hostile to it. Uh, if you've you know been following the some of the other things that have been going on, I won't go into all of that now. But it, it reveals the truth, doesn't it? And this is why I think Psalm two is a really good uh, passage for us to come back to as we think about the lockdown, just analysing thinking about what is happening in our country, what is happening around, around the world, in fact. As the psalmist, he, he has this exact thought. And he says, why, why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? And the kings of the earth, they rise up, they band together against the Lord 
and against his anointed one. And it's a, it's a frustrated, it's an exhausted cry. It's saying, why? Why do they always do this? They get together and they band together against, against God and against his anointed king, his chosen king. Why do they do that every time? And he says, uh, they, they think, let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. That's, that's what governments think. That's what people think, that God's rule is like chains and like shackles. It prevents us from being free. That's what people think about living under God's rule. And that's why they want to throw them off. Because they have this view of God as some sort of um, tyrannical dictator rather than loving king. But God, his response is laughter. He says in verse 4, the one enthroned in heaven laughs and he scoffs at them. I just think that, you know, it's kind of like the image is, um, is like, uh, imagine a, a class of, of young children, you know, the very, very little children deciding they want to overthrow their teacher or, or something like that. You know, that, that's the kind of level, I think, at which we, we're dealing with, that, you know, the, the way that people say, oh, we'll throw off God's shackles, God laughs, it's, it's ridiculous, as if that could be, as if that could be done. God says, I have installed my king on Zion. I have chosen my king. And uh, you can't do anything about that. Now we can't say to God, actually I don't want your king. Now God says, I've decided. I have installed my king. Jesus is, uh, is on the throne. And the next verses, verses 7 to 9, are about uh, his, his chosen king. He says... Um, uh, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. He says there is no, uh, there is no end to the rule of God's chosen king. There is no part of the world which is, which is free from it. Now, the very ends of the earth are under his rule. And it says that uh, you will break them with a rod of iron, you will dash them to pieces like pottery. A verse which is quoted in Revelation chapter 19, where we see the vision of Jesus in his second coming returning, and, uh, and where the nations will be, will be made to acknowledge the rule of, of God's, uh, God's Messiah, God's, God's chosen King, Jesus. And in the final, the final three verses, there is a warning. It says, uh, you kings be wise and be warned. You rulers of the earth. What are they to be warned about? It says, serve the Lord with fear. Celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry. Your way will lead to your destruction. So the kings of the earth, the people of the earth are warned to, to serve God's king and to celebrate his rule. And not just to, uh, not just to, to serve him in a kind of uh, half-hearted way but to celebrate to say actually we we believe and trust that God's king his anointed is a loving and good king who we will serve joyfully who we we love otherwise it says uh, your way will lead to your uh, destruction it says there are consequences for ignoring the son there are consequences for rejecting God's king 
And so it finishes off, blessed are all who take refuge in him. And that whatever else is going on in the world, we take refuge in God's King, the Son of God. So, uh, really what I wanted to say from this, the first thing is that in spite of everything going on in the world, that God is still in control. Despite all appearances to the contrary, that God's King is still on the throne. He's still there. And, and that makes a difference, doesn't it? You know, we don't have to fear. And, it, and actually, in fact, thinking about fear... It means rather than fearing um, the coronavirus or rather than fearing governments or rather than fearing any of the things which which cause fear uh, in the world, and there are many, that actually ultimately our fear should be um, to be to God. And this is what Jesus said uh, in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. This is what Jesus said, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And it's that, that thing that you know, we fear the Lord and ultimately our fear of him should control everything that we do rather than our fear of, of things which may happen in this life. So um, God is still in control and, and our fear of him and our love for him uh, should be what, what controls what we do still. And I think this, the second thing I was going to say about Psalm 2 was that it's, it is a warning. And I think it's a warning um, to, to our nation and to the world. Uh, the, the, the threat of, of destruction is not an idle one. And you don't have to look far through the pages of history and you know, through the Bible to see what happens when a nation turns away from God. And I was, in fact, just in my own um, Bible reading, I've been reading through um, Chronicles, and uh, I've got to the, the bit um, about King Asa. I've just finished that. Now, king Asa was a good king, but at the end of his life, he turned away from the Lord. He didn't consult the Lord about um, enemies and about his own health. And as a result of that, they were... Um, in, in war, God said, for the rest of his, his life. And this is what happens. When we turn away from God, the consequences follow. And I think this, uh, this situation has been a warning for us as a nation. Who do we trust in? Who do we trust in? What are we going to do? Who are we going to, uh, to fear in the end? So I think this has been a warning for us. So I think the final thing that, uh, that I wanted to say is... What we need to do, and what we should do as, as people, as believers, as those who, who trust in the Lord, is I think we should pray, and pray earnestly, uh, that God would bring about uh, many people to him in our land. And I know that we've been talking about this for, uh, for a, a, a long time, haven't we? You know, we've been praying for a great awakening on Wednesdays, or revival, or, or whatever you want to put it. Um, but I truly believe that... Um, that is the only thing at this point that is going to, going to change things. That actually we need to pray that the Lord will bring about by the Holy Spirit a real turning uh, to him from the, the government through to the, you know, the, the person who, who cleans the toilets or, or whatever it is. You know, that uh, across every 
uh, every part of society. I think this is what we need for people to realise uh, the danger that they are in and to turn to the Lord and return to him. But the good news is that, and I've seen this actually in, as I've been reading through Chronicles, that if we do turn back to the Lord, then he is gracious and he is forgiving and kind and he will, uh, he will forgive and he will bring back blessing. And when we seek God, he will bring uh, blessing. But there's that challenge, isn't there? What are we going to do? Will we turn to him? Will we pray for others uh, to turn to him? And um, perhaps let's take a moment to do that now as we come to a close. Let's just take a moment. We're going to have our, our prayers now. So perhaps let's take a moment to, um, uh, of silent prayer, perhaps, just to pray for uh, our land and for, for people uh, living around us, maybe our friends, neighbours and others. And then, uh, and then we'll pray.